episode of the Mount Rushmore Wrestling Podcast. Episode 5, we're kind of cruising right along. I would say we're uh, really hitting strides right now. So this episode is going to be a really, really good one. These next two, honestly, are going to be really exciting. Introducing our top of the top segments. We have a NXT pay-per-view to talk about. We have an On This Day for both episodes. So that's very exciting. Some interesting ones uh, for our TNA fans out here. I'm going to go into the first one. Uh, but how are we feeling, guys? Let's just get a, a temperature vibe for how we're feeling right now in the wrestling community, how we're feeling in general. Good. This WrestleMania season's off to a good start. The NXT pay-per-view over the weekend was good. I thought it was one of the better ones in recent time. I'm excited to go over our top of the top segment today, the top 10 on the mic. We got some good stuff coming for you guys. I'm excited. Sean, how about you? I'm also very excited. Uh, the NXT pay-per-view was really good. High-quality matches. Uh, Road to WrestleMania. Some good storytelling. This is the type of month where we basically really get into the full storylines and uh, the build-up for the matches. So very excited. And we're almost there. We are almost there. I am repping the WrestleMania jersey today. WrestleMania 35. We're excited to go back. Get some new jerseys this year. Some new gear this year. We're going to be degenerates in the superstore so it'll be always looking to spend some money absolutely (laughs) absolutely so i do want to give a quick shout out uh to my brother paul's birthday last week uh but he's in he's been watched every episode so far so big shout out to him happy Happy belated to our number one fan uh happy birthday yeah yeah big fan happy birthday paul so uh we're really excited to have uh new viewers every week too so Continue following us on social media. Get that out there. We're going to be, like I said, we're going to be doing TikToks and YouTube. We're going to be posting our episodes to YouTube very soon. So stay tuned for that. So I'm going to get right into the On This Day segment. So there are two things that I want to mention for On This Day. Uh, First thing being Kurt Henning uh, passed away in 2003 on this day. So rest in peace, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. Um, Great wrestler in his time. Uh, Very good on the mic. Someone that's you know, in the history, in the history books for wrestling. The other thing I wanted to mention is a TNA pay-per-view in 2008 against all odds in Greenville, South Carolina. Opening match, Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. This is young Jay Lethal. As we know him now, he seems to be a bit older, but still looks like he's like 60 years old. thought he was about 50. Unbelievable. He's been around forever. (laughs) For real. So the Motor Machine Motor City Machine Guns and Jay Lethal defeated uh, Johnny Devine and Team 3D, Brother Devon and Bubba, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley, in a street fight. Wow. And then awesome, the second match was Awesome Kong defeated ODB to retain the TNA Knockouts title. Great match. ODB. Couldn't stand her. ODB. <laughs> <laughs> Abyss defeated Judas Messias in a barbed wire massacre match. Uh, that was actually... <laughs> Due to the nature of the match, it, they Greenville refused to actually allow it to take place live. <laughs> so it was actually held in the impact zone in Orlando, Florida during wow. the pay-per-view, which is wild. The main event, as it seemed like all the main events during this time were by the person that we actually guessed beforehand was Kurt Angle. The main event was Kurt Angle against Christian Cage for the TNT World title. He did retain. Uh, Samoa Joe was a special guest enforcer for that pay-per-view. So very interesting pay per view against all odds. Uh, interesting time. How did TNA. you guys? Uh, how did you guys feel about the six sided ring? Uh, love. I'll be honest with you. I loved the six. I thought it was ring. cool. I remember six sides of steel. So Chris yep. and I are 
yeah, Chris and I are super big uh, wrestling fans when it comes to also, like, when we were younger, we started collecting figures. So I actually had the original six-sider ring that they came out with. Small as hell, like, if you see oh, that yeah. compared to yeah. the rings now. But I was in love with that ring. It was so interesting because I've seen so many videos about a lot of the wrestlers saying that they actually didn't enjoy the six-sided ring too much, which I thought was wild. Uh, but it was definitely part of TNA. That's like what made TNA TNA back in right. the day for me. It was so, so. different. Like the X Division matches that they would have, Lethal Lockdown. They had so many cool things back then. It's Ultimate the X. Ultimate X. Yeah, yes, exactly. Prime Time Elix Skipper. The off the state yep. off the cage, Ron the truth kills. kills. <laughs> Impact's never going to be the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's definitely gone downhill from there. <laughs> um. So Vengeance Day. Let's uh let's hop into it. So we we watched Vengeance Day, uh, this past weekend. Pretty good pay per view. Um. Honestly, it was a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. What I'll say first is the opening match I thought was probably the best match on the card. Definitely stole the show. Uh, we had Wesley and Dijak. Great. Uh, technical wrestling, great wrestling all around. Dijak going down to NXT. For me, hopefully it revives his career and it seems like it's going to. Uh, coming up and being T-Bar, I, you know, he's he's so happy to get rid of the T-Bar gimmick. So that was huge. I, I thought that was a fantastic match. Wesley was just incredible. And the size difference between the two actually worked well. It reminded me a lot of, you know, and Sean mentions this all the time, is how Brock Lesnar works with small guys. Like, Dijak seems to work with small guys really well. He does work with bigger guys, too, like the Keith Lee match from Portland. But Dijak seemed to, like, work really well with yeah. Wesley. Wesley, for me, is somebody who I really never thought was going to go over outside of a tag team, like, with MSK. But he's done a good job with the North American yeah. Championship so far. And that was a great opening match to a pay-per-view that, like Jeremy said, probably the best match of the night. And also, if you guys saw Dijak's finger at the end of that match, what a yeah. brutal, <laughs> brutal-looking finger that was. Yeah, if you get very queasy with um, injuries and uh, broken fingers, um, I would suggest you do not go back and watch that highlight. He actually didn't break it, which was shocking to go back and actually... I saw uh, tweets the next day. He didn't actually break it, but that must have been dislocated. Oh, yeah. in oh, pop, pop that it, popping that message. back in must have hurt like hell. <laughs> There's they. Uh, I I saw a video. They were referring it also to when Ray Phoenix got hurt. Oh yeah. Um, oh my god. Yeah. Because oh. he actually didn't break his arm. Yeah. Either. That like, I was like that a, was like an elbow. He looked like yeah. He that was oh. <laughs> I couldn't believe they did that spot added dynamite. You would think that's like a pay per view worthy type bump. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. But I, I was like, I mean, I, I've dislocated things before, but not wow. like that. That's that's like over the top. But that both of those injuries, and we still don't know where Dijak did no. it. Um, I think it was on the spot of him going out out on the ropes uh, above the ropes. I don't really know for sure. Yeah, and the other one that they mentioned was uh, potentially on the top rope on uh, near the tail end, like the last like two minutes. Yep. Yeah. That I mean, anything's possible. So that was that was yeah. wild. But the match itself definitely stole the show in terms of for sure. And Wesley retains, so you know he's he's moving on and and bigger and better things. But Dijak also looked really good in a loss, which I think was really important yep. for him. 
So that was really exciting. Do to we see. think at Stand and Deliver there's going to be a ladder match for the North American Championship? Usually, there I is, hope I so. I know last year. I hope was. so. That would be great to see. Uh, I think that would be fantastic to see. To be fair, also we're also going to, again. We'll be at WrestleMania weekend, so we'll be seeing a lot mm-hmm. of this stuff. But there is usually a big yeah. ladder match WrestleMania weekend, so that would probably be the most logical title match for it to be yeah. as well. Because I don't see the other championships going for it. Right. And you can have some good guys depending on what's kind of happening. And we'll talk a little bit about what happened this week in NXT, but in terms of quality of, of candidates, there's definitely some good ones that you can throw in there that would make a really good yeah. match. I wouldn't be surprised if Dijak goes back in and, and challenges again. So we'll see. Uh, next match we'll talk about, let's talk about the two out of three falls match, Apollo Cruz and Carmelo. Two extremely great athletes. <laughs> Carmelo Hayes is probably... All three yeah. of our favorites are at least top two of like <laughs> most athletic guys in NXT right now. That guy is unca- incapable of putting on a bad performance. So that match delivered for sure. I thought it was interesting too that, I mean, I said this when we were watching. I was like, I bet you he's going to 2-0 him. <laughs> About and five minutes like, later, it was Apollo a 2-0. <laughs> you, would, mm-hmm. you would think that. Um, Apollo Crews going down, you know, he's done a lot. I mean, he's put Braun Breaker over. He's now put Carmelo over. Um, I don't know how much longer he can continue to keep losing, to be fair. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with him, what feud he has next. Um, because, I, I you know, it, it, to have him keep losing, not many people can lose that much. They're not Seth Rollins. You know, they can't just continuously lose. No. It'd be great. So that was interesting but hey, the match itself you know apollo is very underrated in terms of his ability in terms of his wrestling ability not great on the mic but not bad on the mic but in ring like it, the guy the physique everything about him is fantastic so it, i i think that moving forward getting him a few that he can win one would be yeah. great uh what else is there to really say about carmelo hayes He's ready to take that championship from Braun Breaker, in my opinion. Chris has said this for quite a long time. I think he's Carmel is probably his favorite yeah. NXT. But yeah, I think he's ready. And you, they were teasing already too on NXT TV about if he won the match. You know that seems to be the logical solution if Braun Breaker were to win, which we'll get into. But he did end up winning, so. It seemed to be the logical thing, and that's the logical match to make, honestly, for standing. Yeah, Carmelo. Definitely. Yeah, he's next in line for that title. Apollo. Apollo's a guy who, like, I would put in the ladder match, honestly, if there is one. And honestly, I might have him win. I think that's a match that you can have him win because it's not a singles match. I he doesn't win his singles matches, but I think he can go and win a ladder match for a North American title. I agree. And I know, like, I know he mentioned he's not the best on the mic, but I feel like, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like the storylines, like the backstage segments, like even the one in the last few of Braun Breaker, like it's very intriguing. Like it gets you invested. Like when they were inside like that uh, diner um, and then they're on like a fishing dock (laughs) and like things like that, like it's entertaining. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. I was going to say like Apollo, he's a guy who like with his promos he doesn't like hate people he just like respects them and just wants to put on a good match and maybe they do need to have him turn heel at some point like he did back like two years ago when it, mm-hmm. wrestlemania 37 um maybe yeah, they do yeah. need him to do that again because his promo work was a lot better back then but 
I think he's a guy who does deserve a North American title and could possibly win it if they do have a ladder match. For sure. I don't know. Yeah. I also think, you know, night and day difference for him when he went back down to NXT. Yes. The man was in catering when he was on the main yeah. roster. He probably he was seeing maybe a Raw or a a Raw match or a dark match after Raw like for months, so it seems. So it's not like the guy was getting yeah. on television. So it puts him it puts him over that way. So a win for Carmelo, very expected. Um, and we're really looking forward to that that title match. And then the next we have, we'll talk about, uh, let's talk about the women's tag match. Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus uh, Fallon Henley and Keanu James. Um, not what I expected out of this match for them to lose. So, you know, I personally, was it the right decision? I'm not too sure. And I'll talk about this too when we get to the Toxic Attraction match. I don't know what WWE like has in their brain when it comes to women's tag teams, but it gets me nervous every time they have a great tag team in NXT. It seems like they're going to somehow fuck it up before they move up to the main roster and either break them up or bring them up and break them up or what's going on. Because, you know, this week there was even tension, obviously tension after losing their championships. But this week on NXT TV, there was tension in their segment. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they break them up too, as we, as we'll talk about toxic yeah. action this week, but, um, it, you know, it, the match was okay. Nothing great. I'm not a huge fan of, of Keanu James and Fallon Henley. So it is what it is. It was a, just an okay match. Yeah. Like Chance and Carter, I think are very athletic. Um, but I was surprised they lost their belt so quick and kind of going back to what Jeremy was saying that with the WWE, like NXT women's division, I feel like they don't think a long-term booking. They just kind of think of let's do a couple months like short-lived feuds, and then they just kind of move on to the next one. Like whether it's splitting them up or just passing on to the next tag team, um, that's where they kind of just go from there. Yeah, I feel like whenever they give the titles to somebody, they want to like push them as fast as they possibly can, and that's honestly the wrong thing to do. They should give these title runs a little bit longer. I like uh, Caden Carter and katana chance to be honest as a tag team and i think like sean said they're both very athletic don't know why they dropped the titles i thought the match was terrible (laughs) i i really don't think kiana james and fallon henley are good i thought it was a terrible match but yeah (laughs) yeah i don't think they should have lost the titles this quick yeah uh, you know maybe in their future it seems like maybe it's a potential call up to main roster i'm not sure the other thing I'll say is this. If they call them up, just make sure you call them up as a tag team. Like, I, I don't want to see them split yep. up yet. Exactly. So I think They'll be buried. Smart. And if they want to get... Yeah, <laughs> if they want to also get the women's tag team division up to a certain par on the main roster instead of putting two singles people together, you have to build credible teams in NXT. They did this fine with men. Like, think about the teams that they've brought up over the years. Enzo and Cass. American Alpha when they came up. Um, War Raiders. You know, there's... Uh, yeah, War Raiders. There's so many. Even Ricochet and Alistair Black last yeah. a little bit together. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it, continue that from what you built in NXT. Don't just say... It's great to say it's a developmental and you're learning a lot of things, but don't separate it as in 
you know, once they leave NXT, like completely forget about it's all like that inc- stuff. Yeah, Triple H has done a good it's job inc- at that of not. It's doing incredible it. to think about all the tag teams though that NXT has like come up with and not brought up, like like Very obviously true. Undisputed Era never got their chance on the main roster, a tag oh. team like Lorcan and Birch never got brought up, and they were a great tag team. And yep. the list just goes on with all these tag teams that they never brought up. Like, I mean, the Street Profits, they, they've been brought up, but like the crowd loves them. Yeah. But I feel like they've never had that one good run yet. Right. They haven't. Agreed. They've lost to the Usos 500 times. <laughs> that pissed me off so much. That pissed me That's off. because it's the bloodline. We're the ones up. Yep. It, and I get it. The, from a booking standpoint, it makes sense. You have to have the Usos retained, you know, have all the belts in line for everybody in bloodline. Yep. Their time will come, though, I think. Montez Ford's time will come, specifically as a singles competitor. I agree. I agree. I'm really wondering if he'll ever be like a world champion material down the line. Now, obviously, he's, he's got many years to go. I don't know how WWE views him, if they view him as a guy that can carry the company like that. But the very least, like Intercontinental or U.S. title type of guy. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree with the mid-card title. I think that's probably hopefully coming within next year, yeah. to be honest. The only thing I think about is when you split them up, this is always what happens when you get a good tag team is what the hell does the other guy do that's not as good as the as Montez? Like Dawkins has, has improved yes. vastly. Right. But what does he do? Is he like a standout singles guy? Is he gonna be able to be in feuds? Right. Like some tag know. teams are meant to stay know. together. They're just meant they're just meant for yeah, each other. Exactly. Me personally, I don't think Dawkins is gonna succeed um on his own. I think Montez Ford shines in that spot, but you never know. I want to see both of them succeed, but well, that's long-term comment. We'll see what happens with both of them. It's like it, could be Ot- it could be like Otis and Tucky. Where's Tucker? <laughs> Get Otis oh, off yeah, my yeah, team. Tucker's gone. <laughs> yeah, Otis can go too, though. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so definitely a match that we was kind of forgettable yeah. on the card. Nothing. nothing About a one out of five. Yeah. <laughs> I probably agree, yeah. Uh, next, we'll talk about uh, the, the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team match. Uh, New Day were champs going in, Pretty Deadly, Chase U, and Gallus. Very predictable, in my opinion, to get the tag titles off of New Day at some point. It was either going to happen here or probably at Stand and Deliver. The, the long-term goal is not to have them in NXT. They come down, do a few matches, make make everyone else look better and more prominent in the role. Um, you know, in the match itself, Chase University is very over with the crowd. They're not necessarily who I would select to win the titles, so I'm glad they did not. Um, Gallus, Gallus coming up with a victory. How are we feeling about that? We, uh, you know, we're yeah. kind of big Gallus fans, some big Gallus very fans happy. Here, so I'm happy for it. Very happy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, too, once, um, once the other coffee comes back, I, I think that's something, too, there'll be a nice faction kind of in right. Cause he was like to kind of run things, the best guy in the exciting. group. Yeah. The best guy is right not there. Right and now. they still so won the tag exciting. title. And honestly, I didn't, I really didn't exactly. think new day was going to lose them yet. I thought they were going to go into WrestleMania weekend at stand and deliver and lose them. So now I'm really wondering like, yeah. are they going to go back to SmackDown? Are they going to have a match at WrestleMania? Like what's next for them too? I don't know. Right. Good point. Very good point. Yeah, so decent match. We don't have too much to say about a few of these matches because honestly, 
Um, there was no bad matches besides the women's tag. The rest of them were just okay yeah. besides the Wesley and Dijak match. Um, so fine with the winners yeah. for Gallus. Uh, yep. Next match was the triple threat for the women's. Uh, so Roxanne Perez and then both uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane from Toxic, Toxic Attraction. Um, <sighs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, Come on, we, Gigi. We're big Gigi Dolan fans. That's going to be a good feud. That'll be interesting. <laughs> Come on, Gigi. It will be very She took good. a hell of a so kick, I'll tell you that. Gigi got a hell of a chin, I'll tell you that. We, we took... Uh, <laughs> we had no idea, obviously, that was going to happen on Tuesday. So, you know, the match itself was good. Roxanne Perez is a, is a good champion. She knows how to wrestle in the ring. This is what I'll say about a few of the, the women down in NXT. And this goes with the tag champs, the previous tag champs, too. A lot of small women. Like, working in the ring, you got to make it believable. Roxanne does a pretty good job of that and the people that are working with her. But definitely, um, long-term-wise, it'll be interesting to see what they kind of do. Because, you know, I mentioned this before, we're having someone like Roxanne work with, like, a Bianca or a Charlotte or a Becky Lynch, are you going to sell me that they're, she's going to beat them in a wrestling match just due to the size like Rhea Ripley Rhea Ripley would really be mommy in that situation yeah. <laughs> I would look like her daughter in the ring so I don't know she's a fantastic wrestler but it's something that I think about a lot when in terms of Roxanne and I think about Katana Chance and Caden Carter um you know how are we gonna gonna deal with that on the main roster yeah. so we'll see you know there's still room to grow but yeah this match Roxanne retained Good, decent match, honestly. I thought there was going to be a little bit more friction. It definitely, GG and JC got into it in certain points of this match. But nothing too crazy. Like, they didn't necessarily cost each other. I think it's uh, I think it's always tough, too, when you see a triple threat match between one person and um, the tag teams. That's always an iffy because you kind of it makes the match kind of feel very predictable. Especially for Roxanne, knowing that she hasn't had the belt that long, so you kind of knew like immediately like what the result was going to be. It just came down to is GC and uh, Gigi how long it's going to be until one of them starts attacking the other in the match. That's why I feel like the question that had to be answered with that one because you knew Roxanne was going to retain. It just knew was how long is the match going to be? Is it going to deliver? I thought the match was decent, some sloppy parts to it, but overall not bad. I'll I'll say it's five out of ten. Yeah, and going back to what yeah, Jeremy said about right. Roxanne Perez against like these bigger women, like can they put on a good match? Like when I think about someone small like that, I think about Rey Mysterio beating guys that he's beaten for mm. world championships. And because yeah, it true. is world wrestling entertainment, yes, at some point they probably could have Roxanne Perez beat Aria Ripley. <laughs> I would never believe it, obviously. But yeah. I mean, Roxanne Perez, she's great in the ring. I love Gigi Dolan in the ring and out of the ring. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get a title on her. I don't see it happening in the future, but I mean, Roxanne Perez, who who do we think she's going to face to stand and deliver? Corey Corey Jade. I think that's the match. I think that's the one to make. I also think that, you know, the bigger point to this and what, what Sean was talking about earlier about the kick, you know, if you saw NXT television, this week, 
Gigi Dolan got turned on during the... It was nice to see Bailey on NXT this week. Uh, she did the Ding Dong segment with both of them, which was pretty cool. They did a really good job, you know. They hugged it out towards the end, and you, th- you thought they were going to stay together. But then, obviously, wrestling fans, they knew probably a turn was coming from someone. I wasn't sure who it was going to be, but I think the fans are more behind Gigi Dolan, so they went with that way. On the first one, I was like, she just threw her through the door. I was like, the door didn't really move very much when she uh, threw her through it. It was just like cracked. And then she absolutely cracked her in the face with that kick. Mm-hmm. And she's got the bruises to show. Like she got literally in a, like a fist fight at a bar after the show. Yeah. Uh, brutal. Absolutely brutal. And it made it obviously like really believable because she literally did kick the shit out yeah. of her. So. I thought that was that was entertaining, and we'll see about that feud. You know that that first match will probably be at San Diego yeah. as well. So I think that'll be a match. I think Roxanne will be against Cora Jade. That just makes that's going to be sense. a great match. Yeah, but very box office too, because Cora is obviously one of the biggest stars in NXT, and Roxanne on the come up as well. So it's going to be a very good feud, and match quality will be really good as well. Yeah, so we'll probably get some good matches at uh, Stephen yeah. I mean, they're riding high. Like, this wasn't a bad pay-per-view for them. So I think the NXT show this week, too, you know, they were back in... One thing I forgot to mention was they were back out of, of Florida. So that was the bigger thing, too. They were in a bigger stadium. And they filled it. Was it was a great so crowd. for all the seats. Great crowd. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd was fantastic for every match, which, you know, there's only six matches. But if you get that... So, you know, you always get that shit match somewhere that their crowd just goes quiet. They're getting a big, bigger crowd than AEW. I was, was going to say, <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy to think about. And we'll talk about AEW at some point next episode. But yeah, I was I was very happy that they seem to be back on the road and seem, all, everyone seemed to be really happy about that. And it's very exciting. And it's exciting for Stand and Deliver. Yep. It'll be the same. Main event was Grayson Waller <laughs> challenging Braun Breaker. In the cage match, for me, another match that was just okay. Nothing too crazy happened. I think the craziest spot was honestly like a superplex off of kind of like the corner that Braun, Braun did. I was expecting a little bit more because Wall is usually like the high flying yeah. crazy mm-hmm. man in NXT right now. Just an okay match. The feud itself was okay. Again, this is for me an- another like four, maybe five out of ten. Uh, in terms of matches, I just wanted a little bit more from it. Also, wasn't long. So I think also when we were thinking main event, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be a long one. Yeah. Uh, but for me, what really was exciting was the ending when Braun won. Uh, you got him standing on the cage, and you had Trick and Carmelo coming out, basically giving you the stand down and basically giving you the feud that's going to carry you into stand and deliver for WrestleMania weekend. But yeah, all in all, forgettable match again. Yeah, with Braun Breaker, I mean, that match to me, I feel like the most comparable match to that one remind me of KO and Roman at the last pay-per-view at Rumble, where the prior matches are really great. This one was kind of lackluster for expectation-wise, but it was more about the storyline. I thought the buildup for Waller and Breaker was really good, but the match overall, you know, mediocre. That's the thing with Braun Breaker, though. Like you guys mentioned, too, like his matches are not that long, and I want to see more out of Breaker. Like he's very yeah. durable. He can go for a long time. He's not a guy that – he's not a Samoa Joe that can only last five minutes and then get windy. He can last a long time. I just want to see more 
move sets out of him and actually like kind of be creative on the actual performances. But mediocre match, six out of ten, five or six out of ten overall. <laughs> Sounds like a five out of ten for you, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I'll be maybe, maybe five, maybe five and a half. I'm being nice. <laughs> <laughs> but like we're all Braun Breaker fans and we all just want more out of him. Like he's had such a good title run. And I think Grayson Waller was just another stepping stone for him to get to stand and deliver to lose the title to Carmelo and then be called up hopefully Monday after after Mania. But like he's such a freak athlete and I do I do like yeah. his title run, but his matches are like fifteen minutes at most. Yeah. Um his best match was why is the, the right like for him being the worst? It's awful, and I think maybe even his best match. I mean, trying to think back on his matches was maybe the match against Ziggler at Stand and Deliver last year. The Ziggler one was fantastic. Yeah, Paul, the uh, Paul, with McDonough. Paul Cruz is kind of a letdown. And, uh, who else is in that? Dragon off, yeah. yeah. Dragon off and McDonough. That yep. triple threat. Match yeah, he did. Good. He did put on yeah, good matches he, with McDonough. There. They're here booking him as not the main champion. They're booking him as a mid card right. champion. That's in they're the booking him like the shows are on like a time constraint that they have like only so much time to fill before they have to go to commercial. And they only go for like two to two and a half hours usually. Every and like time. Yeah. if he continues like having matches like this, which I mean, it's been like two years now, or a little over yeah. a year. Like he's gonna, year he's gonna, half, he's starting to remind me a lot of Karrion Cross. And like I'm a big Carrying Cross oh. fan, but like his matches yep. are so short as well. And I, I don't know. I I just want yep. to see more out of both of them. The Rey yeah. Mysterio match with Carrying yeah. Cross. Yeah, that great. one was good. that was probably his best match ever. A hundred, I a hundred percent agree with you. Uh, you, you know, it's. I hope they build on that. He's in the Triple Threat this Friday. I'm not sure if you guys saw that yet, but the Triple Threat and the winner gets a title shot for the IC title. So we'll see. I don't know if he's planned to book uh, book to win that. So it's him, Mysterio, Madcap, and I forget the last mm-hmm. guy that's in it. But it, that'll be an interesting match. But I, I he, that's a great comparison, <laughs> honestly, with yeah, yeah. Karrion Cross because he was the same way in NXT, right. and he was champ. Right. Like yep. I could see, I could literally see Adam Cole in the ring saying, "Just ring the damn bell yep. to Braun Breaker." I can see that happen. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Get called. Then I do think Breaker's. Then get called up and then get called up and then get squashed. No, Breaker's definitely uh, a better athlete, so that's why I just expect so much from him. He can do more. Like I, I think he's also a guy that's has it in the tank to do more. Like, he doesn't look winded at the end of right. his matches. Like, like he can go 20, right. 25 minutes. I have I have utmost, like, I 100% right. think And, like, it. we were talking Sunday when we watched the pay-per-view. We watched it Sunday, guys. We didn't watch it Saturday Night Live. We watched it Sunday. Yeah. But we were comparing him with Wardlow in AEW. Yeah. So... Yeah. I didn't realize Wardlow is that much bigger than him, to be honest. Yeah. But I mean, at first I was thinking, Shout I was thinking Wardlow. Breaker is a better athlete than Wardlow, but for Wardlow's size, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's a, that's a good comparison as well. Freaks. Freaks. Absolutely. It's the most comparable with their, with their yeah. style and what most they can do. But Wardlow got like 40 pounds yep. on the man and he's doing like the same thing that Breaker's yep. doing. So yep. yeah, he needs to show, show out a little bit more. He's not booked. When you think about the title run, like some of the matches were very good. Some of them were just mediocre. Like this, and this was a cage match, a stipulation match too. 
definitely wanted a little bit more. I think that what they had in mind was the best spot was at the end when Carmelo came out and they were like, all right, let's set up this next yeah. match. Yep. I And what was interesting about the first match was it reminded me a lot of Black and Gold NXT. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the card reminded me of current day NXT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Comparable. And I was like, okay, this is what the difference right. is. So it, that they just need to keep that first match through those six matches because they used to be able to do that nonstop. Their pay-per-views were, were sick, right. all of them. Like when they just kept doing the takeovers. Right. Boom, 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 boom. Like if, if a lot of you guys remember takeover brooklyn in 2019 we were at that event probably one of the best nxt events of all time i think it had the best Mm -hmm. main event of all time with adam cole and johnny gargano but like they delivered on every single match on that card probably one of the best tag team matches of all time with ricochet and black and viking raiders yep war raiders yeah (laughs) whatever whatever they were called back then war raiders (laughs) (laughs) well yeah back then it was also pete dunn and walter Yes. And for and yeah, for anyone that, that for anyone that loves Ricochet that does that thinks he's not strong, watch that match. He lifted up one of those fuckers. Yeah, that he basically deadlifted him over his shoulders. That was incredible. Great match. That match could have could have stole the show if it wasn't for the main event. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, incredible. But yeah, so that was Vengeance Day. Not a bad pay per view. We're hoping, obviously, Stand and Deliver is a lot yeah. better. And pun intended, it delivers. It will. So we'll see. Yep. They have some time. Yeah, they have some time. They usually show out for yep. WrestleMania weekend. Everyone, main roster or NXT, they always try and one-up yep. each other in terms of, like, in the match. You know the wrestlers are thinking about, like, they want to pull out some stops that they don't usually do in matches throughout yeah. the year. So, And there's going to be crowning a new champion, Carmelo Hayes. Congratulations. Going to give it ahead of time. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I do hope it leads to Braun Breaker coming up on either Monday or Friday. Do we have a better fit? Do we think he fits better SmackDown or Raw? Personally, I feel like he would fit better SmackDown with guys like McIntyre, Sheamus, Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. Unless there's a draft and any of those yeah. guys go to Raw. But honestly, I could see him debuting mm-hmm. against any three of those guys I just listed. I think I think SmackDown should be the place because I feel like Raw is the more stacked show. Like outside of Bloodline, what's like the next popping thing on SmackDown? Really, if you really think about it, Gunther. 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 I don't, see, other I don't that, see him going after Gunther though. Right. Yeah. So I feel like on SmackDown you had an extra piece of the puzzle there, and then you can start building feuds from there. Whether you want to have him as a heel or a face, and then you got a whole bunch of stuff lined up for him. Whether you have you know Ricochet, McIntyre, like you guys mentioned. A lot out there for him. Yep. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see us didn't deliver. That'll be our next review for an NXT event. Uh, now we're getting into the top good of the stuff. Top. We are getting into our first top of the top segment. This is very exciting. You know, we had this idea. You know, it's, it's similar to, I'm sure, what a lot of people have done in the past, and we see it all the time. But for us, it's, like, very, very fun to talk about this type of stuff. So, um. Top 10 on the mic. It's going to be a very interesting list. So we have some honorable mentions. We have some guys that... And I think we stuck to men for this one. For this one. So we'll yep. kind of go based on that for now. Um, but how we're going to do this and how we're going to go through, we'll do 10 through 6 first. Um, each of us will kind of go through that. And then we'll kind of give some reasons of why we have them on the list. This was very difficult. Before we hop in the yeah. list, I took this as 
I thought this was going to be very easy. And then I started lining them up and I was like, oh, God, I can really make an argument for, you know, the bottom six, seven of these guys to be two, three. I, I think my number one and one and two were pretty set, but it, it was very challenging uh, once you get into the bottom half of this list. Yep. So I'm going to start and I, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go through 10 through 6, and then we'll kind of kind of dive into it by person by person. So at number 10, uh, rounding out my top 10 was Edge. I think Edge has done a lot of different things on the mic, and I think it goes hand-in-hand hand with my number 9, which is Randy Orton. For my list, I think it's very difficult to differentiate both of them. I think they do a lot of things very similarly, and... Both can bring the same to the table. Both have had amazing face runs, but they've also had predominantly better heel runs, in my opinion. Like we always say on this podcast, 2009 Bald Orton is wild. Just to think about him is unbelievable. Edge, definitely, and in terms of longevity, you know, Edge came back after nine years. And when that it, when he gets on the mic now, everyone shuts up because they want to hear exactly what he has to say. Some of the promos I've watched back recently with Edge as well was the lead-up to Mania 37, the Triple Threat match. That was, like, really dark Edge and, like, really serious Edge. And I, that was, like, a kind of not a new take, but something different that he didn't give beforehand either. Um, it was heelish, but also, you know, there was some serious impact to that. Like, he was so wanting that title. You know, he came back for this reason. He never lost the championship. So Edge and then Orton's my number nine. The Viper, there's not much to say about him. He gets on the mic, and again, not just the fan reaction, like that is above in itself. Every time that guy comes back when he's injured, which will happen again, the pop is incredible. But again, he's someone when he picks up the mic, it's it's hard to not pay attention to every word. My number eight is Kurt Angle. Kurt, for me, um, he's someone that I think has always been underrated when it comes to talking on the mic. Every, the first thing you think about when you think about Kurt Angle is his in-ring ability. And, you know, that's par none, you know, top five, can argue top three ever. And the longevity factor, again, we talk about Kurt. He could have two separate careers, WWE and TNA, and they would be incredible. But the promos that and the feuds that he's had, he deserves to be on this list for me. Number seven, <clears throat> again, these are so tough. Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, number seven for me, that may be a little bit high too, like in terms of I don't have him high enough on the list because I, it, pun intended with Chris Jericho, the list. <laughs> he can make something stupid like the list be absolutely insane. And the man, again, the longevity factor in AEW right now, when he cuts a promo, it's still incredibly thought out. It's very good. Right now, his feuding with Ricky Starks is probably, you know, top two feuds going on in AEW because they, in, in my opinion, I think that's where they're lacking is their stories. But whoever's usually going to feud with Chris Jericho has some form of story with it. So I think that's really important in how he's on the mic. And my number six is CM Punk. I think CM Punk is someone that has one of the most historical promos ever with the pipe bomb. He's someone that back in the day was must-watch television when he had a microphone. I don't necessarily think he still has that 
capability all the time to really capture that crowd. I also think it's because the crowd has soured on him. So I think that kind of plays into that factor as well. But CM Punk for me, I remember I was a huge CM Punk fan when he first came onto the scene. He was in ECW doing all those things. And that was Punk that no one knew. Did not touch the mic. He, he was like gothed out. Didn't know what was going on. When he started to become the real CM Punk in WWE, and I think about the feuds with John Cena, I think about him in Chicago at Money in the Bank 2011, taking the title and basically not sure if he was ever going to come back to work again. He was just, every time he spoke a word into that mic, he made me believe it. And for, for me to absolutely like want to hate someone just on what they say is is the art form of, of being a good heel on the mic and, and really encapsulating that crowd. I remember specifically from his documentary, when he was younger, he would take the mic and he would make old people swear at him and, and say, you are the devil in some of his promos. That shit is like beyond anything that I've heard anyone <laughs> say about folks. So when you can do that to probably not even like wrestling fans, they're just some older folks that are in the arena that night. That's incredible. So he deserves a spot on my list. So that's my 10 through six. All right. My 10 through six, Jeremy, this is pretty crazy. 10 is edge. Nine is Randy Orton. I got, oh I have the same nice. exact as you. 10 and 9. Oh, I mean, so Jeremy said it all about, about them. Edge, he's done so many different things. He even had great mic skills when he first came up with Christian. I mean, the, the stuff that they would do with the flash photography was so funny. The five-second poses. Yes. And then mm-hmm. him and Christian kind of broke up as a tag team. He wins Money in the Bank, which kind of kickstarts his main eventing career. Feuds with Cena, Randy Orton. Even now like today doing stuff with he was doing stuff with judgment day i mean the guy just yep he he's money wherever he goes and whatever he touches and randy orton's can say the same thing for him uh, he came up with evolution he was the youngest world champion ever he had such an ego at such a young age because he is a third generation superstar he was born for the business and and then he had legacy RK bro, he all the singles runs, feuds with Cena, Batista, Triple H, whoever else. I mean, he he's somebody who has to be in the top ten. I think number eight for me, he might be a little low on my list as well. Is actually Triple H. I have Triple H at number eight, and honestly, I don't know why I put him at eight, but, <laughs> but <laughs> like going back on a lot of his promos, he repeats himself a lot. I noticed. I've been watching a lot of his promos lately and he says the same stuff over and over and over in the same promos, which is fine, but he gets to the point he was with DX. He led DX. He led evolution. He's what a 13, 14 time world champion. He can really cut a promo with anybody. He's had some of the greatest uh, feuds of all time. So triple H is another guy. Like I said, he might be a little bit low on this list, but I think he's also deserves a uh, spot in the top 10. At number seven, I have Kurt Angle. <laughs> Jeremy, I know you had him in your 10 through six. I have Kurt Angle. Yep. Kurt Angle could really do anything. He, from what a lot of people said, learned the business so much faster than anybody else has. And, I mean, he's got the wrestling background. He won a gold medal with a broken neck. 
as we all know. He's just a sexy Kurt. He has had some of the <laughs> funniest Kurt. promos. Kurt Angle is one of the funniest guys, I think, in WWE history. Yeah. Seeing the stuff mm-hmm. he did in the early 2000s with Stone Cold with the little hat that he was wearing and the milk truck and again like got olympic gold (laughs) like rapping against john (laughs) cena singing john michael's theme song kurt angle is hilarious and i think the ray mysterio Mysterio yes so Uh, i i do think kurt angle to me is a better talker than triple h just naturally so that's why i have him higher than triple h on the list and then rounding off my 10 through 6 at number 6 i have the miz I put the Miz at number six. I think the Miz is somebody who can step to anybody toe to toe on the mic. He, he started in the real world MTV. So he's always been somebody who's been just a natural heel. And I think natural heels are just better on the mic. I think mic skills come more naturally to guys like that, especially somebody like the Miz who has been a mid Carter most of his career. He has shined with a few title title runs, the main title. Um, but I mean, yep. he's been one of the best Intercontinental Champions of all time. He he's cut some of the best promos of all time, specifically with John Cena and Nikki Bella. I mean, they 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 oh. went to war those two on the mic. So if so, you can stand yeah. with John Cena on the mic, I think you can stand with anybody. So ten through six, I got Edge, Randy Orton, Triple H, Kurt Angle, and The Miz. Alrighty. So my number ten might be a shocker, but I have Ric Flair. Okay. And for okay. That wait, wait, reason- wait, 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 wait. Before you go forward, I didn't consider guys like that to be honest in my top ten. I only consider. I so only consider no. So Ric Flair definitely to me is probably possibly number one on the mic. I was I, personally, yeah. I was going based off like from when I started wrestling going forward. I think it's awesome that Sean has him. I think it's awesome that Jeremy also considered him because I think Ric Flair is probably yeah. one of the greatest talkers of all time. So I'm just going to throw that out right, there yeah. too, but continue, Sean. <laughs> yeah, no, him. no, no, don't murder him. Continue. <laughs> no, he isn't. But to to your credit, Crystal, like he's 100 percent right though. Ric Flair did come up like into the 70s, 80s. We weren't, we were born in the 90s. So taking that into consideration, that's a very good point that Chris mentioned for not having him on there. If we're just going strictly based on like our childhood. I put him on there that for most of the reason for the longevity factor, um, the contributions with you know WCW, WWF, the backstage interviews, uh, flaunting of like you know his high priced lifestyle um, in the ring, um, the elbow drops, uh, the Ric Flair and Triple H alignments with Evolution, the Four Horsemen. That guy is absolute money on every promo he delivers, whether he's going toe to toe with Vince McMahon. Um, I think he belongs on there for that. Jay Lethal. Yes, Jay Lethal. <laughs> Jay One of the funniest Lethal. promos ever, the woo-off. So if you got you two dogs, compare that to Jay Lethal and Ric Flair barking at each other. Wooing off. So number nine, I go into Kurt Angle. And like Chris and Jeremy mentioned, that guy is one of the funniest ever to do it. Um, his promos with Brock Lesnar when they were like buddy, buddy 2003. And then they were also feuding at the same time, um, with John Cena, with the battle raps, you talk about, you know, with Randy Orton, um, 2006, when he moved over to SmackDown and won that battle Royal for the world heavyweight championship, he was sparring verbally with Mark Henry, um, undertaker. He was delivering in everything back and then attitude era days with the Stone Cold, um, the I got Olympic gold, um, you know, the guitars. <laughs> everything he did was just straight comedy, and he uh, never missed on the mic. 
So that's number nine. Number eight, I have CM Punk. And for the pipe bomb alone, should be very, at the very least, honorable mention. With um, He also was with the Straight Edge Society with um, Serena and Luke Gallows. And that was a major hit. Like something that's pretty simple with like, with like promoting like um, no drugs or liquor. I feel like a promo where it's a very risky, but CM Punk is a guy that can take something so small and then carry it for as long as it did. Um, he also had, you know, his feuds with Nexus. And then when he started the new Nexus, he contributed that for a little bit while. And then uh, when he was going sparring with John Cena verbally with The Rock, um, that guy was must-watch TV. And the stuff he said about Vince, I mean, <laughs> that alone. So then that brings me to number seven, uh, the legend killer Randy Orton. Um, what can you say about him? Third-generation superstar like Chris mentioned. Um, he comes up with Cowboy Bob Orton. He calls out Undertaker, and he slaps him in the face. 25 years old, he goes out there and is going to war with with all three of us said is the greatest superstar to ever do it. And the work they did together verbally in the promos, whether it's the caskets involved, whether it's running them over, killing the under the tombstone, whatever it was, him and John Cena had some of the best um, promos together. With Legacy, with Ted DiBiase, Cody Rhodes, they did some great heel work together as well. And number six, um, I have Edge. Edge reinvented himself a lot because he came up with Christian, you know, an Attitude Era, and they were great, but they didn't really give him the opportunity on the mic back then. I feel like he really broke out in around 2004, 2005 when he was became the radar superstar, when he took the belt from John Cena, and to me was probably a top two feud ever, John Cena and Edge, with the content they delivered. And then you see him going up there. Um, you know, he won the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase twice. And when he cashed in on Undertaker, um, when he went on SmackDown, he was feuding with him and Batista. And like the promos he was delivering with them were very iconic. So for my list alone, so number 10 is Ric Flair, 9 Kurt, 8 CM Punk, 7 Randy Warren, and 6 Edge. Yeah, the big thing too, We, we I want to talk about Randy Orton quickly again too. Randy Orton, like, I don't know if many people know, if you will probably since you know probably so much about Randy Orton, but he blatantly says he was an absolute prick when he was younger, and he was not ready to win that title at that age. And when he dropped the title, I think that feud with Undertaker is really what like got him into shape, and I think he was really grateful for that opportunity. Because, holy shit, you drop the title, you're you're acting like an asshole, and then you get a feud with The Undertaker for WrestleMania. Yeah. That elevated him. Yep. I think, you know, the Legend Killer days, that was yeah. it was made because of that. So it, it, yeah. that's a big so, thing. Yeah, something Orton. else we haven't mentioned about Orton, Mick Foley elevated, yes. elevated yep. Randy Orton as well. I think, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think personally, young Orton, he definitely talked more. I think he was better on the mic back then yeah when he was like he's still great on the mic now but like cutting those promos against all those legends he faced hulk hogan at a SummerSlam. like he literally beat all the legends back then and that elevated his career and only furthered him and like i think mick foley did so much for him in his career i agree there's also one thing also about orton 
one more promo on Orn I want to mention. Um, do you guys remember when he was feuding with Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle? And this is surely yes. going to rest in peace, Eddie. And he mentioned a promo where he was with Ray, and he's like, you're looking up um, into the heavens like you're looking for Eddie. But let me tell you something, bro. Eddie ain't in heaven. Eddie's down there in hell. And the the heat that he drew in that episode of SmackDown and the emotion on Ray's face. And yeah. Ray beat the shit out of him afterwards. But that promo <laughs> delivered. I did even, And we grew up in an era where, you know, the stuff like that was thrown around like is nothing. But – to that degree and oh, with an yeah. icon such as Eddie, I did not think that even Vince would even allow that to go through. But both sides are cool with it, and he pulled the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It's a great point. They definitely pushed the envelope way past certain things. My number five was Sean's number 10. I have Ric Flair at number five. Ric Flair was the only older guy that I considered for this list specifically because you do have like an opportunity to put him number one, just specifically based on his reputation. And I think that Ric Flair still to this day, I think, I think he could still cut a promo and it still be hilarious, believable. And you know, he does it at bars now. If you see <laughs> so the guy the guy is a loose cannon. I don't know how he's still alive because of all the shit that he went through. I watched that documentary. What a documentary, by the way, on Peacock to to check out is the Ric Flair documentary. But man, that guy, he's a walking promo. He 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 he's so popular that pop culture like completely when you, you don't know wrestling, you do the woo, everyone's like, Oh, the Ric Flair. The football guys were doing it. Give me like mm-hmm. the double clap and the Ric Flair. Woo! Mm-hmm. Like it is so pop culture based for Ric Flair. So I think that's why he has to be on my list at yeah. number five. Um, and going off that, I feel like another older guy who, I mean, this isn't an honorable mention for me, but I'm going to add it right now is Roddy yeah. Piper. I mean, he's another yep. guy. I feel like mm-hmm. sp- specifically guys when they're given like talk shows like Piper's Pit, even somebody like Carlito, right? You have to be yep. great at talking if they're going to give you a show like that where you go out there and cut a cut a segment yep. for 15 minutes. So I think Roddy Piper is another older guy who definitely can be considered to be on this list just because he had so many like iconic moments on like Piper's Pit with Jimmy Snuka, stuff like that. So I think yep. he's another one. But uh, my number five is actually Chris Jericho another guy who was given his own show, you know, he would start, he would start raw every week, raw as Jericho. And he had a lot of iconic moments on that show as well. I mean, he's a guy who started in WCW. He had the countdown, the millennium. They put him out there against the rock in his debut on the mic, which is unbelievable. unbelievable. What What a debut. debut. Exactly. Absolutely. And then, you know, he left WWE for a bit. He came back with the short hair. He was still great. He's still cutting promos to this day in AEW with JAS and whatever else he's got to do. Yeah. I mean, the list is one of the funniest things that I think he ever did. So Chris Jericho Stupid to me idiot. is in the top five. So he's number five on my list. Number five for me, I have the legend Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I wanted to put him higher, but the only reason I mark him down a little lower to five is just because of the longevity factor. Um, you know, injuries did hold him back a couple extra years. 
what he did as far as the you know, Austin 316, um, the liquor, beer references nonstop, it, little stuff like that just goes over the crowd. The what? Like a key catchphrase going over with the audience and capturing their attention. Something so simple going over, it just shows you how, your iconic status and what he did. What, the sparring sessions he had with The Rock, um, going back and forth with Vince. Vince especially, like they had some wars with the, yeah. the McMahon-Helmsley era. Stone Cold, everybody knows who Stone Cold is, and that guy is also another walking promo just like Ric Flair. Yep. For me, uh, number four is someone Chris had a bit, bit higher than I thought he was going to was uh, Triple H. So <clears throat> Triple H for me, again, I think it's about his effect throughout time. With longevity, yes, like the man can still go in there and probably still cut a killer promo to this day. That's not going to hurt his heart like wrestling is. But he's also gone through the phases of he could be a really funny bastard with DX to being a really serious heel with Evolution. I think it's about the phases with him. And again, it just played into the one of the most hated characters, specifically for me from my childhood. So every time he was cutting a promo on Raw, I would be like, get this fucking guy all out of here. I could not take it. I Everything that he said, I was like, please, someone do something <laughs> about this. And mm-hmm. it happened all the time because he won so much. <laughs> so that's, for me, Triple H, you know, it'll be interesting because I think a lot of this research that we've done also, like, you know, we've had it in our minds for so many years but it's interesting to go back and like watch. So I'll have to check out the next few times I watch Triple H, you know, in his previous promos has been repeating <laughs> himself because that'll probably knock him down a little bit. But uh, yeah, Triple H number four. And another thing to add about Triple H, what you said was like how he can be a funny bastard and then turn into a heel. And he makes both seem so yep. believable. He can do both so natural. Yes. And that's just, he was born for the business. And that's why he's still in the business now. Those are guys that is that is have that special it factor. Yeah, he can do both, which yeah. is great. Uh, number four for me is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like Sean said, I mean, he's had probably the most catchphrases in WWE history, and the crowd just gravitates towards that. And he's cut some of the funniest promos, some of the most serious promos, even when he was a heel joining the Alliance. I mean, the guy can just talk. And yeah. it all started king of the ring 96 austin 316 just whipped your ass i mean there's nothing else that you can say but stone cold is on the mount rushmore of wrestling and on the mount rushmore of talking yeah number four i have chris jericho and the longevity and all the different factors that he contributes like all the um you know whether it's groups or if it's individual stuff he does with the Inner Circle, uh, Jericho Appreciation Society, all in AEW, that guy can just hold it down for whatever company he's working with. 2005, um, John Cena, one of the biggest stars of all time, made his Raw debut on the highlight reel with Chris Jericho. So that just shows you right there the iconic status and effective that Chris Jericho has. And the guy is also another one that you guys mentioned that is like a Triple H, so that when he's a babyface, He's one of the funniest bastards on the planet with you. And then when he's a heel, he's also like one of the most hated, but he's also hilarious. You just made the list. Like something so simple. And just goes, hey, you look pretty stupid over there. Want me to know what I do with stupid guys like you? Like little stuff like and, that. And, and it is bubbly. 
the bubbly is what gets yeah, me. The bubbly, the bubbly gets me. Yes. <laughs> Every single time. And then with Scorpio's guys, with he's like, well, what if it was a title match? <laughs> like, yeah. everything he... Everything about yeah. that, man. And he doesn't break character. Like, you know how some people, like, when you're um, yes. basically going toe-to-toe with someone that is also very funny. Like, if you're going, for example, The Rock is a good example. That's a great point. Him and The Rock had some good... Um, you know, promos together. And The Rock, to me, is one of the funniest, probably the funniest ever. And the fact that Chris Jericho can keep a straight face and make you believe that, like, he's not going to be phased by what the other person is saying is a special talent. You know, Jay Uso is probably the opposite of that. Jay Uso cracks at everything. <laughs> but man's breaking character left. And but right. Jericho, to me, that guy, yeah, can, that guy can do it all. That guy is just a very special talent in the ring, and then just what he, the charismatic Mister Charisma, like all he does is just it, he turns everything to gold, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I think Jericho is someone that, when it comes down to it, I think when a lot of these guys retire and move on, it'll be very interesting to rehash a lot of these things. Because Jericho will probably be looked at on potentially a Mount Rushmore of wrestling yep. just because of all of those factors. And the, the non-breaking character is also a very key point in this because how do you not break character when you yourself are just saying some ridiculous shit to James Ellsworth or talking about AJ Styles having soccer right. long hair and <laughs> yeah. shit like that? <laughs> it's uh yeah, Chris Jericho for sure. My number three is the, the number four for these gentlemen. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not much else to say about Stone Cold, but what I will say is making things look absolutely natural is something that these top three guys, in my opinion, have the best handle on, that it's just 100% natural. They're having a regular conversation. They're not really even doing a promo. They are having a regular conversation with someone else. Uh, Stone Cold, the many memories I have of him, again, with anyone. But Stone Cold, they've already said it so much. But it, number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So my number three is a guy who is a little bit lower on you guys' list. My number three is CM Punk. Yeah, I, I think CM Punk, I mean, he's also had some of the most iconic moments on the mic as far as, you know, the pipe bomb, contract signing, even last year, him and MJF were throwing blows on the mic to each other. Mm-hmm. The guy can just talk. And something that really like solidified him at three for me was re-watching the sit-down interview between Jim Ross, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and CM Punk. Mm. I think CM Punk beat Stone Cold on the mic that day. I really do. <laughs> and, you know, that's a match. That's a dream match that, I mean, the three of us have always wanted to see and probably never gonna happen at this point but i mean cm punk can talk with anybody his his match against the undertaker i mean the build-up to that match at mania 29 the shit that he was talking about paul bearer right after he passed i mean that was just ridiculous that was just ridiculous and like sean so So right right. and and like sean said like (laughs) the straight up society stuff about being like sober and and then him with Chris Jericho at Mania 28, they had great build to their match as well. I mean, CM Punk, he he can really go with anybody on the mic as well, and we've seen it happen. So I think CM Punk deserves top three, for, at least in my opinion. So number three for me is Triple H. 
And I look at guys who can do it both on babyface side, be absolutely hilarious and just gravitate to an audience. And then when you're a heel, absolutely make for be so good that you make little kids be pissed off and like crying because they won like their retain their championship match. When he was with Evolution from 2003 to 2005, you can make the case he was the most hated heel in the history of WWE. And he cuts Absolutely he was. cut some killer promos and even in 2004 when like maybe not notable guys like Eugene when he was going to war with him when he was aligned with William Regal, he was kind of saying some crazy stuff. During that time, and then back with like um, in the older days with the Katie Vick situation, like he's a he's a loose cannon <laughs> on some of the stuff. Yeah. Um, and then on when he was a baby face, um, I remember 07 with Vince McMahon. Like Vince McMahon hates animals, and then he starts bringing up like PETA and like little stuff like that. And then D Generation X, all the pranks they were doing. That guy can just master anything oh, yeah. he does, and he never another guy also that doesn't break character. He can keep a straight face when needs to. Um, because he came up in that stone cold and rock generation where it's like, you know, have thick skin when you're getting called out and then also learn how to contain yourself when you got a guy that's absolutely hilarious. So number three for, is Triple H. You guys are making me rethink this. These are very <laughs> good points. Well, it is very much, you know, this one through 10 could look very different for a lot of folks, I think, in the wrestling business that like to watch wrestling and talk about it because like I said, once I got past the top two, I was like, Oh shit, I could really make an argument for any of these guys. Yeah, right. Right. For number two, uh, solidified a number two for me is John Cena. Cena mm. is someone that comparatively to what Sean said, never really had the large heel run as a bona fide heel. But he also, to the contrary, he was kind of a heel when he was doing Ruthless Aggression Cena. When he was, you know, when he was doing Thugonomics, when he was rapping all the time. That You can kind of consider that to be heel Cena, just not on the elevated level. Cena is, and it shows, the top two guys, they're in Hollywood. It shows that they are very good at what they do. And can recite things just, you know, off the dome. Cena is someone that has transcended promo work in wrestling. And another guy that is very much a natural on the mic in any situation. He's also done a lot in terms of charity work outside uh, of the ring, which, you know, that doesn't necessarily cut into his promos, but... I also think he's really good with people, which helps him even elevate his actual craft even more. So for John Cena, he's solidified at my number two. The promo work with all of the guys that we've already talked about, probably everyone on the top ten he's probably had some sort of feud with and talked with. So he's really he, he's solidified himself for sure on the top two for me. Yep, John Cena's number two for me as well. Gotta be. I think we're all going to have the same top two. I think it's pretty clear yeah. with these two. But, I mean, for those that don't know, John Cena was about to get released in 2002. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're on the bus heading to a show, and he's just rapping, just spitting on the bus. And Stephanie McMahon overheard it and said, you need to do that. And now look at him. Yeah, He's probably the top yep. two greatest superstar of all time. Could have been, been cut. Could've and been all cut. he did was start rapping. 
and that's what kickstarted his career and now he is the person that he is like jeremy said hollywood i mean he started off as thugonomics like we didn't really get the heel run like jeremy said we all wanted like a solidified heel run from him but we didn't need to see that to see that this man can talk with anybody some of my favorite promos for instance was like him with the young roman reigns him with the rock at, at 28 oh. yeah john cena murdered roman reigns in 2015 2016 <laughs> on the so like 2017 whatever year it was but i mean his promos with the rock were great we got to see him at wrestlemania 35 come out and and rap against yeah. elias and it was awesome yep. so john cena's just done so many different things and so many different errors on the mic against so many people kurt angle, kurt angle the miz Triple H. Every, every, like I said, everyone on this list, he's, he's done right. Stuff I mean, like I, when when he faced Undertaker at Mania Thirty Four, he said, "You, you, you don't have a broken hip. You're posting on Instagram, working out, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just great. That's just great yep. stuff. That's real life stuff too. Styles right. too. The and with styles. John Cena is a guy who can go off script and and just not get in trouble for what yeah. he's going to say. He's just given that that power, and he's a guy who's promos i probably go back and rewatch the most so john cena is definitely number two yep. on my list and i second what these guys say john cena number two <laughs> um I'm, I'm glad you brought up chris uh the roman reigns stuff because the key component for john cena being in there is roman reigns right now to me obviously the biggest heel in the company and if you look at where roman was Back then to where he is now, his confidence rose because to me, it was John Cena lit a fire under his ass from that promo where 2017, John Cena absolutely murdered him in that promo. And I felt like it was terrible looking at I'm a big Roman Reigns fan (laughs) and I'm just like, damn, like he's getting torched right now. But it was probably the best thing that ever happened to Roman Reigns for a guy like John Cena. And John Cena has respect for the ultimate company guy. He puts over everybody. What he does as a baby face, he can turn a when, for example, when the company is at PG status, he knows how to take products and turn it into PG, like where he doesn't have to swear and make it still be very entertaining. When he's over near the Attitude Era type thing, because he came in around like when Attitude Era and Ruthless Aggression were kind of going hand in hand to meet, doing the battle rap, and he was able to kind of be free. So his adaptability to go from where it was with less restrictions to now. And then what Jeremy mentioned with outside the ring, Hollywood, and how he's able to uh, be a good people person. On the late night shows he does, he's a walking promo. He knows how to capture an audience. Um, So for those reasons, he's number two for me. Drum roll. (laughs) Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Uh, The Rock. The Rock is the number one, I think, for me, and I think for everyone here. We can kind of just spit fire on The yeah. Rock. The Rock is someone that is, whatever you think about his acting career, that's fine. WWE-wise, he, there is not, an, the most electrifying man in sports. It's 100% true based on his talking because we all know he wasn't he's not a top 10 wrestler of all time (laughs) but based on his talking he elevates every single person he's with but he also knows how to give that killer punch with every single person he's with on the mic and we got feuds out of the rock you know that were generational feuds that were hulk hogan 
John Cena, those matches you never thought would happen. The feuding earlier in the days, you know, we we love watching back segments of the Rock promos between promos with Eddie Guerrero on shows, promos <laughs> leading up to the John, the whole John Cena build was incredible. Everything that man was able to speak about was brought to life just by talking through a microphone. So The Rock is by far and away, I think. Cena is close, closer than everyone else. But I think The Rock just encapsulates someone, what you would want someone to be like on the mic. Just funny, but also can be serious. Gifted everywhere. Did concerts, rock concerts. He did three of them. You know, this this man was just... There's not enough more I can say. Yeah. Incredible. I I think after the top two, after the Rock and Cena, there's just a cliff where everybody else is at the bottom. I really don't think it's close between two and three. And like Jeremy said, like some of the funniest segments the Rock's done were the Rock concerts, the John Cena build. He's had hilarious stuff with the Hurricane. (laughs) I mean, Coach, Jonathan Coachman. Mm like those interviews dance (laughs) dance for me coach (laughs) but i mean and and i mean like jeremy said the hogan the cenas we never thought we'd get those matches and now possibly roman reigns at some point i mean those are three three different generations that we never thought that we would get him facing we still haven't got the roman we haven't but we will Maybe it's WrestleMania 40. We'll be Maybe there. It's going to be in Philadelphia. Four and a half hour drive. We'll be there. <laughs> to be to be continued. Stay tuned. But yeah, I mean, yeah, for The real. Rock and Cena, like Jeremy said, it's close. But after that, it's just a cliff that falls off. And that those two, I think, for most people are going to be one and two. And there is a third person that I do want to mention after our honorable mentions that I think could possibly come close to that at some point, who I, who will mention after as an honorable mention, but I'll let Sean continue. Um, I think, we're I think we are thinking of person. the same person as well, but I'll let Sean continue with the rock. Yes. So number one, um, in case nobody knows, it is also the rock. Um, picking up where they left off, um, what they mentioned that John Cena in the rock neck and neck, like John Cena was, Number one in the food chain with, um, you know, attitude. Sorry, the ruthless aggression error. The Rock with number one in attitude error with it. Those two neck and neck are the greatest to ever do it on the mic. Uh, the Rock concerts, you know, with Vicky Guerrero, um, the Sacramento one, the one with John Cena. That man just captures an audience and just delivers effortlessly. Like, if there's a script you want to give The Rock, The Rock is the type of guy that can stroll into the arena at midnight on like two hours of sleep, no script. He's like, all right, what do you want me to do? Who am I going up against? What's the name? All right, cool. And just wing it. And he delivers every single time. That every time, I can't describe it anymore. Like he, he's one of my favorite top two going back on YouTube to watch promos with, because he's entertaining with Hurricane, even with like Booker T, Goldust. Um, I, I saw Triple H one recently when um The Rock was going to be facing um. Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam and Triple H is in the ring. And he was like, well, go get The Rock a bologna sandwich because this doesn't concern you. And then just just shoves him away like he's like Triple H is nothing. Like little stuff like that. The man was just money on the mic. Yeah. Something else I want to mention about him is like between probably 2004, 2005 until he came back in 2012 for that like seven years, 
I would probably watch like a few times a week The Rock Returns and just like see yeah. the crowd like become electric. And I was waiting for that for so long. So the fact that we got the yeah. got him to come back in 2012 and, you know, he was the special host for WrestleMania, screw John Cena. Then we got the John Cena build. Mm-hmm. I mean, I the guy's just I mean, he's not on my Mount Rushmore, but he's one of like the most electric electrifying man in sports entertainment. <laughs> he, he, he's on my Mount Rushmore. And it shows. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's also an extremely hard yeah. worker in terms yep. of that. And I think that shows in his Hollywood career. He tries to do as much as he can. Is he the best actor? Some people say no. I think he's an okay actor. I like some of his movies. But he definitely puts in the work. You can tell, you know, <laughs> by him working out at 2 in the morning where the hell he wakes up. But he puts in the full day's work every yeah. single day getting after yep, it. for sure. Honorable mentions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's go into some honorable yes. mentions. I want to mention a few, so I'll go through mine. I actually have five. I didn't put this person in the top ten because he's not a wrestler. Okay. And there's two people I'm thinking. I know one of them, I think. It's one is Vince McMahon. Yes. Vince McMahon on the mic could be considered in a top five fashion when you're talking about just Uh mic skills. Mm -hmm. Because what what else is there to say? The chairman of the WWE, whatever his position is now, um, he was also someone that went to absolute war with people without actually being in the ring with them at some points. And the other one that's not arrested would be Paul Heyman. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman yep. is someone that still to this day is a can just spar with anyone, which we'll talk about too. Um, it, just this past week, with Cody Rhodes on Monday Night mm-hmm. Raw. Incredible mm-hmm. promo. And what what that did was take some of the attention off of Sami Zayn, which was really important for them to do, and put the attention on Cody Rhodes, who's actually going to be the opponent at WrestleMania. Yep. And I thought that was a brilliant way to do it, to have Paul Heyman come out. And it got so real, so personal. And that that's the type of stuff that Paul Heyman brings. Also, you know... He's another one with the catchphrases, the Brock Lesnar, the Tribal Chief stuff. Paul Heyman, incredible on the mic. So I'll let you guys talk about Heyman and, and Vince, because I, I think those two, you know, they're not wrestlers, but damn, they are incredible. Yeah, I mean, Paul Heyman has managed, he managed SmackDown at one point. He started ECW. He's managed so many different superstars. He can cut a promo for anybody on the roster and elevate them just by being next to them. And... Vince McMahon, I mean, there's not much to say about the guy, the chairman of the board, started WWE. I can't thank him enough for what he did for me as a child and the product that he yeah, put sure. on TV. And and honestly, I loved having him on weekly television. He was co- a comedy. He, everybody hated him. He's another person who made you actually believe, believe it. And it, the, the whole McMahon, McMahon family, family, exactly. That he and us. it's funny because... Like, I didn't even have them as honorable mentions until you just mentioned it now. And I'm yeah. like, now that I think about it, I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about them. And it, maybe it's because they, they yeah. weren't wrestlers. But, like, I have a few other people who, who aren't wrestlers who I have on mine as well. But, Sean, you can, I want to hear what okay. you have to say about Heyman and, and Vince. 
So yeah, I second everything you guys said. That um, I definitely thank Vince for everything. This is his creation. Um, everything he did, we appreciate everything he did. I loved him on weekly television. There isn't any length that he wouldn't go to. He if he were to embarrass himself, knowing that it's gonna make money and generate revenue for the company, he will go out. He'll go out strip butt ass naked for the crowd if he has to. Like he he literally he literally does not care when he's out um as a heel and he's saying like you know with a big stern, like shut up to the fans and uh, whatever promo he's in, like he's must watch TV. Um, his, all those times I remember feuding with DX in like 06, 07, um, back in WWF days with, um, the McMahon Helmsley era. Like he was involved in some crazy, crazy stuff. And it was very entertaining on Paul Heyman. Um, you know, GM in, um, in ECW with Brock Lesnar, just introducing Brock Lesnar alone, just, captures the audience fans whether you're going to get a mixed reaction because there's a lot of people that he manages who are like deadly heels but they will cheer because it's paul Heyman. who doesn't love paul Heyman? and the fact that i remember one smacked an episode he was like mocking imitating john cena's entrance music like that was hilarious to me so both of those guys are legends and they just brought so much to the wwe world and i can't thank them both enough yeah I think, too, with Vince, he could barely be saying anything and be a part of a promo. I think about when Seth, when he was in his office ready to fight Cody <laughs> at Mania, Vince barely fucking said a word, but he was still his reaction. He says, why didn't you come to his me? His mannerisms. Yeah, well, why, didn't you do, why, didn't you just, yeah. why didn't you just ask? Yeah, all you have, all to, you do have to do is ask. ask. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then Seth was just... When like, Seth is, like, laughing and Yeah, stuff, he's jumping the table. He's the like, table. wait, what? I have to, that's it. He's standing yeah, on the table, and, and, and the mean mug look, the mean mug look on Vince's face when he's seen up there um, celebrating uh, that he got the match. Unbelievable. The couple guys I'll mention too that are honorable mentions. They're wrestlers, but I also think that they have potential to be on this list, and some of them could be pretty high on this list. I'll go through them. Uh, the Miz. The Miz I had at number 11, actually, right off of my top 10. I'm a big Miz guy, but when I really put pen to paper, it's it's so difficult with some of these. So the Miz is on there for me. Kevin Owens is on there for me. And Seth Rollins is on there for me. Those are guys that, you know, they're still Owens and Rollins specifically. They're in their prime of their career right now. So this list, list could look a lot different in another 10 years, 15 years. Yeah. And then the last guy, I think, is the same one that Chris was mentioning beforehand uh, that I think he could be top three. I don't know. I don't know how far I'm willing to go, uh, but it's MJF. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I think MJF is someone right now in wrestling. And if AEW didn't have MJF, I think they'd be in a little bit of trouble these days, but I just think about this past this past week on Dynamite, the match he had, and then the promo he cut after the match, talking about Liv <laughs> and getting into the car accident. Chris is doing exactly what he was doing on live television. <laughs> it is something that I I just don't understand. Again, he's another person, too, does not break character. And he says 
some crazy ass shit. Fire but me, Tony. He is so nat. Yeah, he is so natural. In this life, there are winners <laughs> and there are losers. <laughs> <laughs> it 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 amazes me watching him. I think because I think about the incredible heels that I've done it in the past, and I compare him to them. And he's so young to be able to compare him to them. So for me, I don't know how high he can go, but he's someone who definitely will be on this top 10 when his career is over. Yep, that was exactly the guy I was talking about who, like I said, I think he could fight for that second spot possibly at some point. I mean, he's still so young, and (laughs) he's cut some of the best promos I've seen to somebody at this age. What is he, 25, 26? Something like that. Something like that. could possibly end up in WWE one day, which I hope he does. But, yeah, I mean, he he has cut some of the most ruthless promos in AEW. And if they didn't have him right now, they would really be hurting. So he's somebody who I think will crack the list someday. It's just a matter of when, because I think he's going to do this for a very long time. Um, It's funny. He's the only guy that I mentioned in my honorable mentions who is currently still wrestling. Yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't have Kevin Owens. I didn't have Seth Rollins. I think those guys are great at their craft. And they do deserve to be talked about when it comes to that because they are still doing it. But a few other guys I had, I mean, I had Shawn Michaels, I had Undertaker. I think those guys, I mean, yeah. they, I think they're kind of forgot about when it comes to mic skills. But but they're two guys <laughs> that, I mean, they were really good on the mic. Another guy who I think is overlooked is JBL. I, I think oh. JBL, I mean... He had a, a really good singles run for probably three or four years, specifically that one year that he did hold the championship. But he was another guy like who would just get on the mic and you'd say, just shut shut up. I don't want to listen to this guy talk. Yes. Somebody take this man's title. So I think he's another guy. But two specific things that I want to mention as far as Mike's skills was that Raw and that SmackDown tag, the, the commentating announce team. J- JR Great and the point. King together. And Taz and Michael Cole. I think those yep. are the GOAT announced teams of all time. And the matches that they would call, they would get you so invested in the matches, like specifically yep. JR and King. I mean, they, they were great together. So I think announced teams, I think those two also deserve to be talked about when it comes down to like mic skills and stuff like that. So I have thoughts go out to the king. Yeah, 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 yeah. Prayers, prayers to king. So quickly, prayers to him. Yeah, we hope he's doing well. So I had a couple. I had um, the Miz, of course. Um, Longevity factor. He's been around since around 05, so about 17, 18 years strong. Uh, The promos he had with John Cena were very amazing and so entertaining. Another guy that doesn't break character. Him and Maurice together imitating Nikki and John was hilarious. And that's another guy who's a natural, can go out there. Not a good wrestler, but that man can talk his ass off. JBL, I wanted to put on the list, but the fact is he only he wasn't around that long. But as far as if we're just going by a, a time period, you can make the case he's top three if you're talking about a specific time period with the cabinet from like 04 yep. to like 05, yeah. 06. That man was the most hated man on the planet in the wrestling <laughs> yeah. world. And that guy was just a walking promo. Um, 
MJ, M, yeah, wrestling god. MJF's another one. No, I'll be honest. I didn't know we were doing AEW people. If I had known that, that man arguably has the potential to be the greatest. Maybe, maybe top two. Everyone, these guys know I'm the biggest MJF fan in AEW. I love everything he does. I'm must watch. I if I'm in the bathroom. I, I run out immediately when that man, if I hear his theme, though, I'm like, I got to hear what he's got to say and his wrestling has improved. Um, yeah, so those yes. three guys to me, and then HBK definitely is another honorable mention. That guy is very underrated um, on the mic. He had yeah. some good promos with Vince and Triple H when they were feuding. So all those yep. you guys mentioned were great honorable mentions. That wraps up our you know our top 10 on the mic our first top of the top segment i want to get into some news i did talk about the Rhodes and Heyman from this this week in raw quick thing that i want to have us chat about is wwe wants to split the titles so i've seen a few things about this this week and i'm hoping that it happens you know the original plan if they got the rock was to have cody win night one and win and have a new title i still selfishly down the line hope they create that new title as we talked about uh but you know it we'll see what happens with this so that i'll we'll kind of leave you on that and i want to see you guys have to say it's probably going to happen at wrestlemania that's my assumption like right after wrestlemania maybe it's you know a couple weeks maybe it's a month down the line i don't know i don't know when exactly it'll be but i do think they're going to split the titles so it'll be interesting to see if cody does win what they do with splitting the titles. They're going to have them lose like immediately. Are they going to relinquish one? I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to really work either, but I mean, I've been waiting for them to split the titles. I'm not going to say that the titles have been held captive because they've been part of, I mean, one of the best storylines of the year. So I don't want to say it's like Brock Lesnar in 2018, where he would go on a hiatus. Uh, But I, I do think both shows deserve, a main championship weekly and to be defended at every pay-per-view. And I think it just, it it makes for better booking to do that. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if they're just going to have him relinquish one either. Maybe they'll have, if he does relinquish it, they'll have like a battle Royal or something um, to crown a a new champion for either SmackDown or Raw, wherever Cody goes. I don't know. But I mean, I think it's, it's about time that they do split the titles after, after WrestleMania. Yeah, so what you said, Chris, um, I think the second one is going to be split by like a, a battle royal, like um, whether it's Adam Pierce or someone's going to step in and vacate one of them and then do whether it's a battle royal or like a mini royal rumble. I think that both shows deserve a title. And as great as Roman is, especially with the news that he's going to be going away soon, it's not fair to have one guy just have both belts and hold up an entire company like that. And it, like you guys said, it's the greatest storyline we've seen the past two years, but it's definitely that time to split the titles up and then start building, you know, branching off and developing your your roster essentially. Because obviously Roman's yep. great, the greatest thing going right now, but you still got a whole roster that you got to build up and have storylines with. And I think they'll Very be true. okay building Very their true. roster without Roman. I, I really do. As as good as yep. he's been, I think with Cody being back, they still have Seth Rollins. Gunther, I mean, lasting 70 minutes yeah. in the Rumble, he's going to be somebody to watch out for this year. So I think they're going to sure. be able to elevate these guys and call some guys up. And I think the roster is going to honestly be stacked in 2023. Right. Agreed. Yep. Let us know your uh, your top 10 mic skills. Uh, you give us a few that we forgot. 
or if you have an argument for, let us know. We're going to be interacting on social media this week, too, to, to tweet out some of the, the top tens or some interesting facts about some of the guys we talked yeah. about. So, you know, thank you so much for listening. Again, follow us on social media, all the outlets. Uh, we'll be back next episode. We'll be going into another Top of the Top segment. We'll be doing our top <coughs> ten WrestleMania matches. We're going to do a little AEW update. We're going to talk a little bit about AEW. I know we mentioned a little bit now talking about in the mic skills, but we're going to do a quick update in the landscape of AEW, and then we're going to do the top 10 of some matches. Thanks so much for listening. Y'all have a wonderful evening. Have a good one. Yeah.